Welcome to Gunner Trash, episode 307, Rat God. My name is Eric. I'm Jason. Hello. Hello, Eric. How are you? Pretty well. It's good. Pretty well. Yeah. yeah. I assume you are as well. Uh huh. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, over on, uh, our sister show, The Viewmasters, I have said this, I believe, multiple episodes now, uh, I am okay. Yeah. And that is pretty much as good as it is ever going to get for me, <laughs> is to just be okay. You know, some people settle for okay. I'm gonna have to be one of those. Mm -hmm. And actually, if I'm gonna be completely honest, which I usually try to be, Today is not an okay day. No. <laughs> Today was not okay. But you you pulled yourself up by the bootstraps and <laughs> marched into the gutter trash studios and you uh, said, I am going to do a damn fine podcast. I'm going to do as okay of a <laughs> podcast as right. we can manage. <laughs> That's what we've always strived for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Rat God. Rat God. By Richard Corbin. I believe this is our our second Richard Corbin uh, comic review, right? Then we do a, one of his Poe things. Yep. Uh, it was, I think, Poe and H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, Poe. that's what it was. Yeah. The Haunt of Horror, was mm. that what it was called? Something like that. Yeah. Haunted something. Yeah. Uh, the two different Marvel series that, yeah. that he did. Yeah. Which uh, featured adaptations of... Uh, one series was Poe stories, the other was uh, Lovecraft stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. He seems to have a uh, like a knack or a interest in the, the classic horror. Yeah, because even this book, even though it's not based on anything that I know of, right, kind of feels like a classic horror kind of thing. It is very Lovecraftian mm -hmm. uh, to the point where he sort of uses the the. I don't know that Lovecraft ever intended it to be like a shared universe, but a lot of people have, you know, taken his concepts and his his, his uh, ideas and certain locations and, and used them for their own stories. All right, yeah, uh, such as uh, uh, the town of Arkham in Massachusetts mm -hmm. and uh, the Miskatonic University. I believe uh, both are are places uh that, that uh, feature in this comic no okay i, I recognized arkham massachusetts but i don't remember the oh is that the university towards the end Where... uh yeah oh, okay yeah. okay did not pick up on that yes and uh, it's also the same university attended by one dr herbert west dun 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 from uh the reanimator Re yeah. yeah wow and, wow! Uh, yeah, it's all connected. Life is one tapestry of uh, of lies. Yep. <laughs> no. <laughs> of, uh, it's a yeah. We're all connected. It's all yeah. one big thing. Uh huh. It's like a cat's cradle. Sure. And a silver spoon. Uh huh. Little boy, blue, blue and, the bad on the and the man. He, see, you know. Uh huh. You yeah. know. Uh huh. It's because we're connected. <laughs> uh. So, what do you think of Rat God? I don't know. Now I've got uh, that song stuck in my head, right? <laughs> There's got to be a song called Rat God by some cheesy, cheesy metal band, right? I'm sure. You know, like it's a, like a bass-heavy... There's probably a cheesy metal band called Rat God. There, if there's not, there will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
so I picked this comic because uh, I bought it and thought that I should probably uh, occasionally read a comic that I buy. Why not? Instead of just leathering it fester in a pile with the rest of them. Right. Uh, Your comics are festering? Aren't they all? Oh. They are rotting. They're yeah. just paper. Exactly. Um, I did not entirely realize that this would have a lot of thematic elements from the previous two picks. Oh, the Frankenstein Underground? Frankenstein Underground and, uh, and even a little yeah. bit of Dust Devil. Yeah, right? Yeah. There's a little, yeah. There, there's a connective tissue between uh, these three. All right. Uh, yeah. So, so, uh, uh, like, while reading it, I was actually almost worried about that. Oh, that, that we were, like, kind of running over the same, <laughs> yeah. Same, like, territory there. Yep. Well, it's weird. This book. It does have, you know, like like some of that horror and mystery and like psychological fear, like monstrous fear and you know what is real and right. you know because because the main character is Clark. What's his name? Clark, Clark Elwood. Elwood. And he's kind of he's basically he's trying to find this lady. Yep. Keto. Keto is a uh, sort of romantic interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, who also has uh, kind of a, a deeper, darker secret. Yes, she does. In fact, uh, almost everybody in this book has a deep, dark secret. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think everybody, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Don't we all? We're, all we're, we're secretive by nature. That's true. As humans, we scurry around, we do little things, then we hide it yep. under the sheets. Like rats. Or, or wherever, yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're rat guys. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any secrets you can ask me. Either. <laughs> right? Okay. You may not want to hear the answer. Right, right. But I'll give it. I don't care. You, yeah, you're a different kind of horror yeah. story. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I certainly am. <laughs> um, uh, I am going to say this. Unless you're an autistic kid, and then I'll just lie to your fucking face. Uh, yeah. And that's you being nice. It's not like you yeah. go around like lying to autistic people. Nope. Like, like it's a it's a walk sign. You're safe to go. Like you, you don't do that. Sort no, of no, thing. no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 right, God. Yeah, right. Oh, God. What are we talking about? Here? Yeah. So yeah, this it's about this kind of dude who's seeking his his lady love. Yeah, she she has disappeared because he's kind of scorned her. Yeah, he's not a good person. No, he's not a not a great guy. No, uh, he's trying to be though. Eh, in some ways, but he's he's, he's failing. His, yeah, his uh, much like myself, his uh, assholey ways kind of get <laughs> uh, you know over him. Well, when is this set? This is set like in the forties. I would say forties, forties, thirties, forties. Yeah, and he he's attending a college. And he kind of becomes smitten with this other student. Yeah. And he finds out um, one of her, the ways that she makes money is she poses nude for the, the. it's not even a drawing class. It's not. It it's is more like a, a scientific. It's 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 more like a, uh, like uh, a f- what's what's that study of, of past cultures? Uh, anthropology? That's it. It's yeah. a, like an anthropology class. Okay. Except like she is like a modern because she's living ca- she's like a a link between yeah. her 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 ancestry is like a kind of a missing link because they have strange like physical attributes yeah like just i mean not like 
crazy tentacles or anything. Just no. you know, they skipped a couple of steps or whatever. Right. Uh, and she's got big boobs. And she does have big boobs. <laughs> Richard Corbin likes to draw the big boobs. And God Corbin love him. Man. God love him. He's eighty something years old. Let him do it. You know. You know. Yeah. You can't blame him. Right. Uh, so so Clark Gable or what's his name? Clark Elwood. Elwood. Uh, Clark Elwood sees that you know he like happens upon this class and finds out that his his lady is you know kind of posing nude and 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 it's not just like you know like I said it's not like she's just posing for art. Right. She's kind of like being scrutinized and like. You know, he's embarrassed right. by this, and, and he, like, tells her to, to take a hike. Right. And that's where his troubles really start. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, the 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 chronology of this comic is, is also presented in a, an odd way, where, you know, it starts out with, like, this uh, uh, brother and sister on the run from, from apparently two different Indian tribes. Yeah. Uh, they are also, uh, Indian themselves, I should say. Native American, I guess. Yes, you should. Uh. Put a quarter in the racist jar. I will. <laughs> that thing is getting full. <laughs> uh, and then, like, it suddenly winds up in the middle of, you know, the 30s or whatever. Where Clark is on his way to try to find Keto. Yeah, it was kind of a cool transition. Yeah, and uh, he picks up uh, a dude, uh, but but it turns out that uh, this this uh, Indian or Native American brother and sister, uh, one of them, the girl is named Keto as well, and uh, the guy I forget his name, Chuck, I think. Chuck, yeah, and uh, or Unchuck or something like that. Yeah, Anukchuk. Uh, that's Anukchuk. That's what it was. Because that's an Indian name. <laughs> Sorry, Native American. <laughs> <laughs> uh, check. Oh, uh, by the way, we are growing bigger every time we say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm gonna look at his name. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, the Indian fellow. Yeah, Native American. <laughs> uh, can we just say Indian? Can uh, we just say that, please? <laughs> well, let's bring it back. Yeah. Uh, I can't tell if uh, that's his name or she's just screaming out in pain. Uh, but I believe it might be a chalk. A chalk, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the the this the brother and sister and they're being hunted and uh, uh, they're they're pretty sure they're gonna wind up dead. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, the the girl winds up alone. And then trying to escape from, from her, uh, her follower, her, her stalkers, predators, whatever. And, uh, suddenly she winds up on a bridge and there's a car coming towards her. And then suddenly she is Chuck, uh, a modern day man who is uh, hitching a ride. And, and, and Clark is the driver. Yep. And he thinks he saw a naked woman standing there. Yep. But it turns out to be, um, her, her brother in the future. Yep, it's it's weird. It is very weird what what is happening. But I, I like that. I like it. It's it's really neat. Like it, it's kind of like a dream logic kind of kind of scenario. It is. And uh, and I gotta say too, I almost kind of wonder. It this book, and like this isn't supposed to sound insulting, but it kind of feels like he just started drawing it as he was writing it. Kinda. Like it doesn't really feel like it has any sort of. 
I mean, it it all sort of ties yeah, together. Yeah, but yeah, it works. No, you're absolutely right. It does feel very loose. Yeah. In, in how he decided to, like, if he did write, you know, like, start on page one. Right. And kept going. It's like as he was making it up page by page. I, that's what I feel like. And, and I feel like... Uh, he was probably high enough that he could make that happen because, <laughs> because one of my favorite comics that I ever did, I, I was really high when I was doing it okay. and, and I wrote it as I was drawing it. And was wrote, it, uh, Francis Prom Queen Maggot? <laughs> no, it was not that one. It's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it can work. I mean, obviously he's from, he's kind of got his roots in not really underground comics. I mean, he's got, he did some underground comics, but. Right. I don't think of him like in the troop with Robert Crumb and those guys, but no, yeah. but a lot of those guys did did that sort of thing. They right. wrote, you know, they just kind of id release, you know, on the paper. You also kind of mentioned it that he he is uh, an older gentleman and he's been around quite a while. Oh yeah. Uh, so you know, I mean, uh, I think it is fair to say that he is a master of his craft. I would agree. Yeah. And uh, if he know, wants to write on the fly, fucking do it. Right. You know. Yeah. And, you know, really, when you think about it, you know, uh, novelists, mm-hmm. they're making the shit up as they go. <laughs> right. Well, why can't uh, cartoonists yeah. do the same, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it just takes a little more effort. Right. Yeah. It And it does all, like, tie together really well. I mean, the story's, I wouldn't say convoluted, it's complex as far as yeah. the amount of characters and, and There settings. are a lot of characters yeah. and, and a lot of situations and... A lot of pieces in play at various times, yeah. including a panther. Yeah, for the, some reason, a giant black panther. Yep, and I'm sure that's a metaphor for something that I'm not probably. Getting. Yeah. Uh, can we? Uh, uh, can I just go ahead and ask this right now, since we're talking about uh, uh, racism and all that, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and then things representing other things? Uh, Clark is black, right? I I honestly can't tell. <laughs> I don't know. Because, I mean, he, he is colored uh, darker than they, most they, characters. They don't, they don't appreciate. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and and he, his his facial features are drawn in, in the way that uh, a black man's facial features I would be. I honestly don't know. I mean, But like, then again, Richard Corbin also draws weird facial features yeah. on everybody. Yeah, he really does. And, like, sometimes, yeah, flipping through this, sometimes it looks like he's supposed to be a white guy and sometimes it's supposed to be a black guy but like also like in that first issue when uh, he and chuck are talking after clark is being an asshole to the old man at the gas station hmm. uh you know and then clark makes some sort of uh, racist comment about indians i thought he says something about his aryan blood or something he does yeah. but He's clearly not an Aryan. Because right. an Aryan is he's a white man with blonde hair, blue right. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's confused about the word Aryan. Right. And then, spoiler, at the end of it, he discovers... Well, someone discovers something about his ancestry, which uh, basically means that he has to be kicked out of his university because they are a white university. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I feel, like, I feel like he's supposed to be represented as... Like a maybe a dark complexed white man. Yeah. That's kind of what I got, and and that kind of makes sense later because you find out his ancestry is peppered with Native American. Right. Uh, which brings me to this point about how H.P. Lovecraft was a raging racist. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's too bad. 
Uh, yeah, he, there, there is one thing that he hated more than tentacle monsters from outer space, hmm. and that was black people. <laughs> well, that's, that's too bad. Um, I believe even his cat was named, uh, something terrible. Right. Like yeah. a racial slur yeah, uh-huh. or something. Uh, but yeah, there's a, uh, I want to say there's an award that's given out to, like, you know, horror, con- or not comics, but, you know, horror, you know, fiction. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, uh, originally, uh, represented, uh, as a, uh, the, the statuette that you would get for winning was, was H.P. Lovecraft's face. Oh, okay. You know, because he sort of represented, you know, that type of horror genre or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they believe they've uh, recently changed that because they were like, hey, this guy was super not a good person. Right? Yeah. No one wants a statue of his face on their wall, right, yeah, on their mantle. Yeah. So I believe they, they did successfully get that changed. Oh, well, that's good. Uh, because, you know, probably shouldn't you know celebrate the life of right. someone who was plainly and proudly a horrible man. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> That said, did have a really good imagination and obviously uh, came up with some concepts that persevered to oh, this yeah, day. Right. Yeah. Well, we all have good and bad in us. It's true. But, um, so, yeah, so just because uh, this book gets a little racially touchy yeah, at times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I was wondering if, you know, that was. I didn't, yeah, I didn't think about that. I, I really feel like he was just like, yeah. Especially with the mention of the Aryan thing and then the, like, Towards the end, where they kick him out of the school, right? I, for some reason, I just I just kind of feel like he was like a white dude. Yeah. yeah. But that's not the main plot of this. No, no. The main plot of it is about a uh, a small town in uh, north of uh, wherever they're at, uh, called Lame Dog, where uh, Quito uh, originally comes from. Mm-hmm. And uh, once Clark finds it, uh, he is he is told to turn around. And leave. They say, "Get the fuck out, Clark." Pretty much. Uh, and uh, he, being a persistent asshole, he says, "I gotta find my lady." Yep. Yeah. And uh, and then discovers the the terrible things that happen in that town. Bad stuff yep. abound. <laughs> it's it's like a really fucked up version of Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Yeah. Uh, uh, but only with. Uh, our titular rat god. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, a race of people who are sort of. Kind of like, like inbred hick rat people. Yep. Yeah. That's, yep, pretty like, much it. Like Texas Chainsaw mixed with rat people. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cause, cause we learned the origin of the town and it's, uh, it was like a, a Native American tribe and some white settlers moved in. And then, uh, you know, due to the, uh, the gold rush. Right. And then, uh, once the, the gold rush was over, like, you know, most of the, the affluent white people left. And some of the white people stayed behind and then, you know, basically started breeding with the, the tribe and right. become one. And then, uh, somewhere along the line, this, uh, unholy rat god sort of yeah. got involved. Right. And, uh, as rat gods do. As they do. And, uh, and, uh, things, things go a little weird from there. Yeah, they, they're like sacrificing people yep. and, and, you know, worshiping this scary monster and, yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah. It's bizarre. 
but it's really beautifully done. Oh, yes, it is. He's, um, like you said earlier, he's a master. Yep. He's fucking incredible, and it's a joy to look at every single panel in this book. Seriously, it is. And uh, I will say it threw me a little bit because I feel like halfway through, like he just decided to change how he was drawing the book. Yep. <laughs> at the beginning of issue three, that's exactly where it <laughs> happened. Like, I actually really like both styles, but I prefer the first two issues where it's got kind of a more cartoonier line drawing style. Yeah. Like, and then, yeah, from issue three on, it gets it's like kind of it looks more painterly. Yeah, yeah. And I looked at, and it has the same like I guess I'm guessing it's his wife Beth uh, Beth Corbin Reed. Yeah. Um, she colors it with him, but I'm guessing. I don't know what happened, but yeah, it takes a different tone. Like, it really does, and it's and it's weird. It's not like it's not like an Alice in Wonderland or Wizard of Oz type of thing where like the beginning of issue three is like a different world. Right? No, it's like, the same. It's the same story. Right? Yeah. yeah, and it's been fucked up since the jump. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it is strange though. Like I couldn't tell if it was like a digital presence in his art. Or... Uh, I don't know, because I mean, because even the covers are more painted yeah and, but you know it still looks like Richard Corbin artwork oh yeah uh but that cause hey, even the interiors on, on these other issues like when he changed up his style look different than the covers yeah yeah I can't quite figure out why he did that yeah like and it's not that off-putting it just looks a little noticeable yeah, yeah. it just kind of looks like you like you put on a different set of glasses right, right. it has like a different tint to it or maybe he just got bored yeah he was like he was like yeah i need to spice it up for right. myself or yeah maybe he was just like yeah i tried this and then i'm gonna try this because mm -hmm. you know i'm fucking richard Corbin. <laughs> richard Corbin, i'm 80 something years old <laughs> i'm gonna draw boobs <laughs> i'm gonna paint it when i want fuck you <laughs> get off my lawn <laughs> And it, and it looks great. Yeah. All five issues look great. It was just, it was just weird. It was a weird inconsistency. Yeah. It's really not even inconsistent. It's just a change. Yeah. Just yeah. a noticeable change. And then it's just one of those things you, you see and you're like, well, why would he do that? Right. You know, I'm just, and it's not like I'm mad at him. It's like, <laughs> I, I just want to like find out why he did that. Right. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing it's it like, has to be just he got bored or something. Right. Yeah. Just wanted to switch it up. I mean, I've read other stories like that before, but, like, this guy's been doing this for 50 years, 40, 40 years. <laughs> right. 50 years, probably. Um, but, I mean, I, I remember, like, specifically one book that comes to mind. There's a an early 80s Ted McEver comic called Transit, uh -huh. and the first issue just looks like Keith Giffen drew it. Okay. Like, that's exactly what it looks like. Right. And then every other issue looks like Ted McEver went crazy and did it. And I think it was just, he was still finding his art style, because right. it was very early in his career. Sure. And um, that happens. But, but I mean, yeah, it's just weird because this is like, obviously he knows what he, Richard Corbin obviously knows what he's doing. Right. Yeah. So it's not like he's figuring out his voice or whatever. Right. So for me, I think the perfect example of that is, uh, the, the original Marvel Conan series. Oh yeah. With, uh, Barry Windsor Smith. And like, if you look at like the first issues, like the first 12 issues or so, like they all basically look like, uh, like a inferior John Basima drew them. Right. Yeah. And then suddenly one day Barry Windsor Smith showed up. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> he just found the right weed dealer. 
I'm pretty sure that's right. what it was. Or, or like Cerebus, like the first chunk of Cerebus sure. looks completely different. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's strange. It's curious. Yeah, it is. But yeah, I, I enjoyed this for the most part. Oh man, yeah. It, it, I think I told you a little bit yesterday. You know, it, it took me a little bit to get into it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had to read the first issue twice just because the first time I tried it, I was just like, yeah, this is kind of a slog. And then I just, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. And then I uh, just kind of set it aside for a few days and then, uh, you know, picked it up again and I just breezed through the rest of it, you know? I, I love, like, I love this, like, in the early, in the, I guess it was just the first two issues, but mostly the first one, where Clark is just kind of trudging through the snow after he's he's got his car stolen. Right. And he's trying to find his lady. And just some of the weird stuff he says, like, He's like, oh, obscene blasphemies. Right. Like, that's one of them. And how in the seven hells did I do that? You know, like, he has some really great dialogue. Yeah. I really like that. I, will I, say, I respect, huh? Rich, I, res- I was gonna say, I respect Corbin's ability to, to write and draw so well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I will say there's, uh, the weird factor that, uh, there is a narrator. The Mag Hag. The Mag Hag. Or Mag the Hag. <laughs> Mag or, the Hag. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think even on the inside, Oh yeah, the the title of the book is The Rat God with Mag the Hag. It's kind of cool because Richard Corbin. <laughs> it's kind of like a Crypt Keeper style thing, but kinda. instead of being bookends, he like just kind of like appears in the setting of the story, right? And like un unbeknownst to the characters, yeah. That he's like kind of like peering around a corner and he's talking directly to the reader. It's kind of cool. I kind of like cool. that. Yeah, it's got a weird campy old world horror kind of feel to it, right? I enjoyed it. It just it threw me off occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else I wanted to bring up? Oh, yeah. The weird panel layouts. They're kind of strange. <laughs> like, they're not totally even. Like, the tiers are uneven. And, like, sometimes the corners of one panel wrap around the right. following panel or something. Yeah. It's kind of strange. And it's like definitely something I look at. Like, the ones in the first issue, they're not that bad, but I definitely noticed it. Like, you know, just, like, why would he make that choice? <laughs> Again, high as a kite, Probably. old as fuck, right. and awesome. <laughs> Those are the three reasons. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think there's one of, like, one of the later issues where, in, like, there's, like, a panel going through the middle of another panel, but that oh, first yeah. panel is, like, still, yeah, you know doing stuff it's it's kind of maybe it's like a reality thing where it's like panels or like images are bleeding through other images and it's just kind of like supposed to be not off-putting as far as like you can't follow it but just like disorienting or something yeah i don't know i think i think it's i think it's great oh yeah uh but at the same time i i looked at it and i was like you know if anyone else other than richard corbin were pulling that kind of stuff right. like i think people would look at it as like well that's just terrible storytelling yeah yeah well, yeah well they probably wouldn't do it nearly as well either oh uh, yeah. yeah that's kind of the point i'm making yeah, there, yeah. basically yeah. Uh, i think and i think we even said this on the the other book that we reviewed by him uh, richard corbin's great yeah oh he's awesome we yeah. love him yeah and it blows me away that you know like i'm making fun of him being old but holy shit i mean oh yeah People a third his age that are like in the prime of their comic drawing careers could take a a note from this guy. Oh yeah, 
you know what's really sad for me is that honestly I didn't know how old he was because mm-hmm. the very first thing that I had ever seen by him was uh, he did a six issue run on Hellblazer oh, when uh, Brian Azzarello first took over that book he did uh, Azzarello's first story arc in that mm-hmm. and that was the very first time I'd ever wow. seen his work and I loved it instantly and you know, and I'm a huge Hellblazer fan. You know, and, uh, this was early 2000s, mm-hmm. maybe even the year 2000. And uh, like I remember looking on the internet and people just hating it. Really? Yeah. Because he like, draws odd facial. He does. And hands and everything. Right. But it, it, his characters almost look like it. Almost feels like they're like puppets or like three dimensional. Beings that are trapped in this 2D world of comics. I, I can see that, yeah. They're very, it's very unique. <clears throat> oh, Sorry, yeah. it's so unique. But yeah, and then when I, I, you know, went back to find out who the hell this guy was, cause, cause he's great. And I think he's done some other stuff with, uh, Brian Azzarello as well, right? Uh, probably. The, the, yeah, he did, uh, Banner with, uh, oh yeah, that's right. The, the Hulk series, and I think he did the Luke Cage series as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. The Marvel Max Luke Cage. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, like, then when I, like, started seeing, like, some of his work from, like, the 70s, I was like, really? I did not realize that he had been around that long. Right. Yeah, he did, like, a lot of He's always been amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like, he did a lot of the real early heavy metal stuff. Yeah. Some of the stuff the movie had, you know. Oh, yeah. The original movie was based Uh, on. Was it, uh, the. The John Candy one? Yeah. Yeah. Like I was, I was trying to actually think of the name of it, but all uh, I could think of was John Candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he drew. Didn't yeah, he draw the he drew the Camp Candy comic. Yes, for, he did for Star Comics. Oh, that would be amazing, <laughs> wouldn't it? Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of like weird, like mucusy liquid stuff happening in this book too, like where characters are like morphine and yeah. Kind of vomiting, vomiting and yeah, strange. Yeah. It's 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 very visceral. Yeah, and, and yeah, it is also very Lovecraftian without ever you know really having to rely on tentacle monsters. Yeah, or, or racism. Right. Oh, uh, I guess it touches on racism. Yeah. You know what I would love to see uh, Rich Corbin draw more than anything else, probably X Men. <laughs> well, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> I would love to see him draw Guar. That would. Yep. Uh huh. That would be incredible. Yep. Man, yeah. Let's, I would. let's kickstart that. Okay. <laughs> I'm behind that 100%. Yeah, that would be incredible. <laughs> yeah, so Rag God recommended that yeah. thing. Is, now, is this, like, this isn't part of any sort of, um, like, you, you know, you kind of mentioned. Corbin verse? Yeah. It's not connected to anything, is it? Not that I would know of. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, this is the first thing I've seen him do in a while, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, no, he like, did, like he did, a Hellboy. Well, yeah, shot he's or, done some Hellboy. This is the, there's an ad on the back for Ragemore. I don't remember that one, but uh, I guess it's another Dark Horse book he did. Yeah, but written by somebody else. But I think it, I think it may have even been just based on a game. Oh, really? Ragemore? Hmm. Like, I, I think that may have been the thing that kept me from buying that in the first place. 
Based because it's based on a game. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't give a shit about games. Is that why he didn't buy the Uncle Wiggly graphic novel by Alex Ross? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with the fact that I think Alex Ross is awful. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, yeah, I mean, hey, he's still kicking. He's still doing stuff. Yeah, Richard Corbin, and he's doing it awesome. very well. Oh yeah, he's doing it better than pretty much anyone else, <laughs> right? Yep. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, learn learn to be more Corbin-like. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, I'm uh, glad you picked it. Yeah, me too. Wanna take a break? Yeah, we should we should take a break. Fashion. Yep.
Hey, 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 welcome back to Gutter Trash. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, I did notice one thing over the break. Oh? Uh, I didn't notice this before, but you know, the title of our comic here is Rat God. Uh-huh. If you read it backwards, it is Dog Tar. Ooh. I wonder if that means something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it does. Probably not. No. Uh, the, the city is Lame Dog. Lame Dog? Hmm. And there's some tar-like substances. Oh, yeah. Huh. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Did you read anything else lately? Or other good comics? Did I read anything else is your question? Yes. Particularly comics. No. No? No comics. Oh. Hmm. I've uh yeah, I've uh, been uh, drawing a lot uh, lately. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh because uh my car is broken mm. and I need money to fix it and uh a couple of people have uh heard my pleas and purchased artwork. That's awesome. Yes. The commissions. Yes. You do commissions? I do commissions. Yeah. And soon I'll be selling a whole bunch of uh, original art that I have already made. Yeah, some of it is quite brilliant. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And, uh, d- yeah, uh, desperate. Yeah. So uh, pay me money. For our work. For our work. Yeah? Yeah, because I don't do charity. Right. Although, eh, maybe uh, maybe I'm rethinking <laughs> my stance on that, too. Well, if someone gives you charity money, you could always send them a piece of artwork you've yeah, already exactly. done. Well, which is actually what happened with one of these uh, commissions. Mm-hmm. They, they just sent me money and said, hey, you know, here you go, helping out. Uh, I was like, well, you know, here, here's some artwork. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, all my contact information is on my website, shotborn.net. I, you uh, know, honestly, I would rather have pieces of paper with your drawings of cool characters on it than pieces of paper with dead presidents on it. Sure. You know? I mean, it's... You know? And I would rather have uh, pieces of paper with dead presidents because I've seen my arts and I live with (laughs) it. And I can always make more. And everybody's happy when that exchange happens. There you go. So let's do it, people. Seriously. Uh, Eric needs to drive to work. Yes. (laughs) Eric also needs to get out of his house eventually or he is going to go mad. Right. Er than usual. <laughs> so that's been my week. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, have not, uh, have not uh, picked up uh, any other comic other than Rat God to read. Wow. Wow. Uh, which, which is sad, but I, I should read more. I'm sure there's more on the way. No, there's always more on the way. Yeah. But I also have a shit ton here that I haven't gotten to right. yet. So. What is it with us comic nerds where... Is it like, you know, the whole our eyes are bigger than our belly kind of thing where like we're like, oh, I'll read that eventually or I'll read that now. Or, right, yeah. You know, we, I mean, like and, it's and hard for to me, pass up. Right. And for me, it's like, well, that could be really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's some, st- I, I think there's like a, there's like different echelons of, of quality in my brain or whatever, because there's some stuff that there's no way I could possibly wait a week to read right. after it comes out. And then there's other stuff that I'm like, this looks incredible, but like it might sit there for months. Right. And that's weird. It's like, why don't I just buy the stuff that I could only read in a week? Exactly, like, right? What's, what's wrong with us? I, I don't and know. And then we're not the only ones because people all the time at Mavericks are buying their file and they're like, like oh, I'm 10 issues behind on this and right. 8 issues behind on that. And you're like, well, th- are, maybe you don't like it as much as you think you do. Right. 
I mean, like I've I've trimmed down the monthly comics that I buy like mm-hmm. significantly. Uh <laughs> and it was like a lot of it was like, well, it's like that looks really awesome and like I really like the creators involved, but like there's 16 issues of this that I have that I have not read yeah, yet. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I, I guess at this point, I should probably <sighs> just drop it. I know, I'm way behind on, like, Transformers, G.I. Joe, the Tom, oh, yeah. Thomas Ely. I've only read, like, the first two, and I own them all. And Same like, here. I'm like, why? Why? Right? And then, honestly, like, part of it is, like, well, I mean, I'm sure, like, once there's, like, a trade worth... Yeah, like I'll pick it for the show. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, like that's always kind of in my mind too. Mine too. It's in my it's in my possible pick pile. Right, right. Oh, a possible pick pile. Uh, but yeah, like like I I don't I don't know. And like I said, like I have significantly like dropped a bunch of stuff. Like Black Science, I think is one that. Oh yeah. Like I was super excited about you know and it looks awesome and I've I've heard only awesome things about it and uh, I own fifteen issues of it that I have not read. Right. It's weird. I right. mean, but then, like, yeah, if something comes out, like, if a new Jeffrey Brown book or whatever, some, right. somebody I, who I love their work, if it comes out, it's like all it's all I can do to get home before I start reading it. Right. So <laughs> I don't understand like how the yeah I don't know how that works in my brain. Yeah. yeah. We just we f- we fill the voids in our souls with with ephemeral ephemeral uh, trash. Yes, we're we're trying at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and, and, uh, she was saying that she went to the comic shop to pick up her file, which she hadn't been to in like a month. And the only thing that was in there was the most recent issue of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I was like, Jesus, if I skipped a month. Can you imagine? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I would have 40 books in my file, right? Yeah. Wow. I was like, and I thought I was doing amazing when I dropped it down to like, hey, I'm spending like an average of 70 bucks a month. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's only, what, $17 a week? That's not too bad. No. Like, it's, it's been in worse places. Yeah. I think part of it is that I have pretty much stopped giving a shit about anything Marvel or DC puts out. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm maybe only getting two or three books each from those companies. I, I think... Other than Vertigo, yeah, I don't do any DC anymore. And in Marvel, I just get Howard and Silver Surfer. Right. Yeah, those are the two I'm getting from Marvel. And Actually, uh, I am reading, I'm borrowing every issue of Captain America White and reading it and taking right. it back. And that, that book is great. Okay. Yeah. But, but it's, but it's, it's our friend. Jeff Love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Right. I love it. I still think it's weird that, uh, you know, that book sat on the shelf or whatever for, like, eight years. Oh, yeah. And uh, they only just started putting it out when uh, Captain America is no longer white. It, right? It's, it's, what, what kind of statement is that? They need to put a quarter in our racist chair. Yep. Marvel. You know, it's weird, too. The cover, like, the I was looking at the cover of the issue that came out this week. Right. And it has Tim Sale's autograph, and then it, right next to his initials it says 08. Yeah. So, like... He did, I guess, a lot of the covers even back then. I guess. I don't know. Like, have they ever given a reason why it just sat around? Because, yeah. I, I mean, so. it, like, I remember Captain America's White Zero coming out. Like in like, 07 or 08 or right, something. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, yeah, did they ever say why? I don't know. I don't know if it was something to do with they wanted to. I don't know, because, yeah. 
I guess there was a lot of Bucky Barnes stuff coming out around that time. Maybe they were uh, trying maybe? to distance I don't know. that storyline. I don't know. I mean, you think you'd want to, you know, capitalize on that. But, I mean, it, like, the Bucky in this comic is, like, just, like, the, you know, like, spunky sidekick. And they were doing all the, like... So, not the murdery... Right. Super spy. Maybe they were trying to, yeah. Right. I don't know. Who knows? Well, as we talked about last uh, last week, that uh, I don't even know if I mentioned it or not, but uh, the uh, the most recent Winter Soldier series was terrible. Oh, yeah, I think we did talk about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, or at least me and you talked about it at some point. Right. I haven't read it, but it doesn't look great. No. Yeah. It. It just looks confusing. It is like like just the storytelling on it is just awful, mm. and the dialogue doesn't help it. Yeah, right. or the plot, <laughs> anything really. It How, how's the lettering? Is the lettering? Right? Lettering's okay. Okay, hey, hey, that's something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm getting Howard the Duck, Silver Surfer, and uh, Doctor Strange for the mm. moment from Marvel, yeah. and uh, from DC, I'm getting Batman sixty six, which is ending. Yeah. And uh, the new Swamp Thing series. Oh, yeah. That, that could be cool. Kelly Jones doing Swamp Thing. And Lin Wien, right? Yep. Yeah. It's pretty neat. And, yeah, everything else I'm getting is mostly image or, you know, just create our own books, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Except for Rick and Morty. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And I'm reading none of them. <laughs> You will. I'll get to it. Winter's coming. You won't. Yeah, yeah, you won't be doing as much right. stuff. I don't know. The bobsled team. Uh, you could do that. But, I can't do that. But yeah. you won't be playing tennis or whatever. Nope. nope. So. Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, <laughs> yeah, so. So you've heard some of my woes. Uh, uh, what's going on with you? Uh, not not a whole lot. I, I went to Nashville last weekend for for a trade show from one of our distributors for the store. Music City. Yep. We ate at the Chipotle on Music Row. And then we went back to the hotel and got drunk and watched Archer. Because <laughs> uh, we had to see it, you know. Sure. We were like, we were like well, well, we have to see this Chipotle. And it was, it was great. <laughs> I was like, Hank Williams Sr. probably ate at this Chipotle. It's yep. amazing. Yep. Having Ernest Tubbs and... <laughs> but... Yeah, it was okay. We basically just, you know, they, they showed us all the new products, uh, that all the sports card and gaming, uh, companies are going to produce next year. And your, your two favorite world. things in the world. Yeah. And the lunch was graciously provided by Wizards of the Coast, makers of Magic the Gathering. That's so unfortunate. There's a big, it was really tasty. Oh, okay. Actually, I would eat, if Wizards of the Coast opened a <laughs> restaurant, I would eat there all the time. Uh, that would, but I mean, for you to eat it, it would have had to have been vegetarian. It it was like, well, like it was like a buffet style spread, and I was like, well, I'm, you know, like every time I go to some sort of social function right. where there's a buffet, you know, I, I look for the like one vegetarian even, thing. It's like there's usually even meat in the vegetables. You usually, yeah, yeah. But no, this was great. It was like, huh. like I there was like eight different things that I could load up on. It was, wow. it was awesome. That seems weird because it's Wizards of the Coast and they, their their clientele <laughs> at least, uh, I would say generally not uh, healthy eaters. Well, you know, you never know. You never know. Yeah. 
It was, it was, yeah, it was cool. It was a good spread. Thank you, Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> That's the only thing you'll ever think of for, right? Probably. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of fun. I, it was a beautiful drive, man. Like, because the last few road trips I've taken have probably have been to Chicago. Yeah. And that is the most boring drive I've ever taken, other than, other than like you know the going through Lafayette. I, I do right, love, yeah, I do love the windmills. Chalmers. Yeah. yeah. But. Um, well, I know the last time you and I went, I think it was the last time there was like that horrible blizzard. Yeah. Or no. Uh, it was like a, it wasn't a blizzard. It was like a, just a cold storm or wind, wind front kind of thing, right? It was like a blizzard. Was it? it took us like five extra hours to get there. <laughs> I don't know. It took us it? like three hours just to get out of Ohio. Okay. Which is, yeah. Probably does not take that long. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that makes the drive not boring, I guess, but no, yeah. it's such a, like, straight drive oh, with, yeah. like, no interesting... Well, you know why? Because you're going through Indiana. Yeah. yeah. And Indiana is pretty much just flat and corn. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, but, like, the drive to Nashville, there's, like, you know, mountains and oh, just, yeah. like, real scenic. It's beautiful and winding roads that yeah. you don't get bored and... I uh, drove to Atlanta once, and uh, yeah, like just just like driving through Kentucky, I was like, wow, I had no idea that Kentucky was this gorgeous. Yeah, right. I think we were on like seventy-one and sixty-five. I want to say, but I don't know. For the listener, for the for the uh, for the traveler, for the civil engineer out there yeah, yeah. listening to us, <laughs> thanks for all your work. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Right, been doing that. Reading, reading some, uh, I read some other comics. I read, what did you read? I read, uh, The Goddamned. Uh, the, God, I, don't, I don't know what that is or why you're using substance. <laughs> it's foul language. It's, uh, uh, it's a new image book written by Jason Aaron. Okay. Um, and drawn by, I want to say like R.M. Guerra or Guerra. Oh, uh, the, the scalped guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. so it's actually yeah. the scalped team. Right. right. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was all right. Yeah. Um, I read that and, and I, I like Twilight Children, which is the new Darwin Cook. Yeah. Um, Gilbert Hernandez. Um, that's I a good book. Got that first issue. I haven't uh, read it yet. I haven't read it. And, and Art Ops, I thought was really cool. Yeah, you know what? I skipped that one. You really? Yeah. I, I didn't, like, even halfway through the comic, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this, but by the end of the comic, I was like, okay, I'll definitely pick up the second one. Uh. Like, it's it's a uh, I forget who's the writer but I just bought it because my, uh, Mike Allred's pencil in it right um, but yeah it was really fun it was cool I think that's about it for comics and yeah Captain America White sure but, yeah good stuff oh and I read the new issue of Star Wars actually the Marvel Star Wars just because Dengar was on the cover fighting Chewbacca right. and I fucking loved Dengar when I was a kid he was like one of my favorite toys. For some reason, I think I used to call him air conditioner back because he looks like a white guy with a head injury carrying around an air conditioner strapped to his back. And, and I don't think I even, I think I lost his weapons like the moment I opened out of the package. So he, he wasn't really threatening looking. He was just weird looking. He looks like a, like a homeless man. And so, so I bought the, the new Star Wars comic and he was prominently featured and it was very good. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a little kind of a badass in the comic too so that was nice yeah. as, as always I'm not a fan of, of uh, Star Wars yeah right even though now it's drawn by like one of the top two favorite comic artists of all time but 
still not enough to get me to buy it. <laughs> Is there any artist that would be drawn it that would make you buy Art it? Adams. Really? You buy Art Adams Star Wars? I would buy Art Adams Star yeah. Wars, yep. You know, he did a, a, a cover to an issue oh, of Star Wars. Oh, I'm sure Wars. he did. Yeah. Because yeah. they had a thousand variant yeah, covers. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, if he drew a full story arc, wow. I would buy that. Wow. And, and, and I'm saying, I fucking love Stuart Eminen. Mm-hmm. Like, like I think I've mentioned that on the show before. He's uh, one of the greatest. Yeah. Uh, still not enough to get me to buy Star Wars. Wow. Art Adams? That'll get me into more Star Wars. He's pretty great. Yeah. They're both pretty great. And I think it's probably mostly because, you know, I know Stuart Diamond can uh, keep a deadline and a monthly schedule, and he has consistently worked for the last 20-some years. Art Adams has maybe drawn six comics total in the last 20 years. <laughs> but a million covers. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of covers, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I suppose when you're that slow, that's got to be where your yeah. main income oh, comes yeah. from here. Yeah, but it's weird too because I guess he is slow, but I feel like there's like every week there's a, an Art Adams variant cover on something. Right. And it's like. Just because they probably told him like four years ago. Yeah. It's like, right. hey, we're going to relaunch Doctor Strange in 2015. <laughs> Get that cover ready. The Star Wars cover he did was for the original 77 Marvel series. He just finished it. You know, it could have been. Yeah. I think, I think I've actually seen, you know, just like, uh, like, hey, I drew this thing, and then, like, Marvel used it as a cover. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's brilliant, though. He is. Good old Art Adams. Good old Artie Adams. Uh, also would read Star Wars if uh, Undead Jack Kirby uh, drew one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But only Undead. Like, yeah. Like, if he had drawn it in that 80s or something. Right, yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's <laughs> got to come back from the dead and draw it now. I would probably read that, too. Right. Yeah. If anything, just for the novelty factor. <laughs> yeah. Would you, so you wouldn't read like undead uh, Gene Cullen doing Star Wars. It's not. It's not just an undead thing. It's not just an undead okay, thing. Yeah, okay. Because uh, yeah, I mean, I like Gene Cullen. But, right. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he also do some Star Wars at one point? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I know. Our, uh, Carmen Infantino did, and yeah, uh, yeah. Simonson. I mean, a lot of good artists did. Yeah. Well, I would uh, probably not read Undead Simonson or uh, Carmen Infantino. <laughs> Simonson's not dead. Yeah, yet. No, not, not yet. Not yet. Not he yet. will be one day. Someday. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's still got some some good years left in him. Oh, gosh, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, now that we've, you know shared with the listener our, <laughs> our exciting lives <laughs> um, um yeah i don't know should i pick a movie yeah sure we'll watch and, and i like talk w- about i like watching movies all right well i've got two movies in mind but but i think one is is uh weighing a little heavier than the other one mm-hmm. and um uh, hoping you don't veto it oh even though we we have seen a uh, a movie that feels Within the last couple of years, uh, recently, uh, by this uh, same uh, creative team of oh, sorts. really? Uh, but I think that I would like to watch Inherent Vice. Inherent v- Oh, is that uh, Paul Thomas Anderson? Yes. I would like to see that. With, with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Yes. I actually would look forward to seeing that. All right, then. Yeah. Uh, that, that is then my movie pick. Cool. Inherent Vice. Yes. Nice. 
I'm looking forward to it. All right. It is a two and a half hour movie. Oh, veto. <laughs> All right. No, I'm just kidding. That's fine. That's fine. We'll just make the podcast four and a half hours sure. to yeah. compensate. Because we always got to have the podcast be longer than the source material. <laughs> That's right. This one is uh, longer than it would take you to read five issues of Rat Guy. <laughs> right? Yeah. We've measured. Yep. Sweet. Yeah. That's right. cool. I'd kind of forgotten about that movie, actually. So. Yeah. All right. Well, well I'm I'm tapped. Yeah. Um, is that a Magic the Gathering term? Is that what you used? Yep. Tapped. So yeah. Well, then I guess I'm, uh, I'm tapped as well. All right. Actually, it is late, and I am tired, so. Well, then. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Hopefully, uh, people will buy some commissions from you, and we'll all be happier. Because we'll own artwork by you, and you'll own cash money. That would be very nice. Let's make it happen, people. Yes. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Gutter Trash. You can subscribe to the show from guttertrash.net or from iTunes and leave us a review. Visit guttertrash.net for email information and for other podcasts and websites in the Gutter Trash Network. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Gutter Trash.